So hi and welcome to the latest episode of You Are My Borough. Um, it's me, Scott Wilson from the Northern Echo and I'm joined as ever by my fellow Northern Echo writer, Dom Shaw. You well, Dom? Yeah, sound. Sorry, I was just finishing a custard cream there. Oh. It reminds me of when I was at, I was at Sunland's Presser earlier this week and you know what Mowbray's like with his he like Yeah, he likes his um, revels normally. He, had, he? he had a bag of Maltesers and a muffin in front of him. And ah. when I came to transcribe in my interview, he's kind of like, Couple of sentences, tuned down to his Maltese. A couple more sentences. Yeah. yeah, that was me there. I thought. I'd yeah, it. just, it's not really Carrick style, that is it? Couldn't really no. Carrick sat there with like a yeah, a, 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 a grab bag of revels in front of him. In front of him, yeah. <laughs> Mowbray was saying this week, um, he, he cracked open a bag of minstrels the day earlier and thought, I'll only have a few. And, before he knows it, he's wolfed Gone. the full fam, wolfed the full family bag down. As you yeah, do. he's not in bad shape though. To be fair, on it, he's uh, you know he's still fairly light. When you see him out on the training pitch, the pictures of him with them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, anyway, uh, let's get into all things Borough. A um, couple of bits of housekeeping first. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, then please like, comment, and subscribe. Hit the uh, hit the subscribe button. And then you'll make sure that you never miss one of our future episodes. If you're listening to it on one of the podcast versions, then um, again, please share um, or like, uh, depending on which platform you're on. Um, right, Dom, you were at Hillsborough on Tuesday night. Um, for 45 minutes, it looked like it was going to be an absolute horror show. It wasn't that in the end, but... It still leaves Borough without a league win this season. It still leaves them bottom of the table. Um, and it's another game ticked off where, you know, things haven't really sparked into life, have they? I mean, what what was your what was your kind of key takeaways from Hillsborough on Tuesday? I mean, the, the first takeaways is, is a real missed opportunity because Sheffield Wednesday are poor, you know, yeah. a really poor team. As things stand, one of the favourites to go down at the start of the season, and and you would have to have them still there now, wouldn't you? So as you rightly yeah. say, the fact that Borough haven't been able to beat them is clearly not great. The second half was was better, but it couldn't have been any worse. Um, and 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 although the second half was an improvement, I think it was only around the the level you'd expect, the kind of least you'd expect from Borough for yeah. twenty minutes. For twenty minutes, there was there was. There was spark and urgency, which was provided by Isaiah Jones, really, coming on on the right side. But then both teams ran out of steam again, ran out of ideas, and it became it became a bit of a scrap again. The, the first 45 minutes was undoubtedly the worst half under Michael Carrick's tenure so far. And, yeah. and um, you know, it, it, it's, as up there, it's up there as the worst 45 minutes of, of the last three or four years. It would have been interesting... Obviously, Carrick afterwards talked about taking encouragement from the second half, the improvement, getting a goal, uh, getting a point, having having been behind. It would have been interesting had Borough performed the same in the second half as they did in the first, as to whether his tone changed slightly. Because yeah, that would have been hard to come out and defend, and and I don't think the fans that have accepted coming out and you know Carrick again his press conference today talked about the effort and he can't fault the effort and the application of his lads nobody is nobody is questioning the effort of Borough players it's just the quality um, yeah. and, and the quality of what was served up in the first 45 on Tuesday was unacceptable really 
We'll get into kind of you know where we where we think it's going wrong, what what, what might potentially improve it, etc. In a minute, but I mean, just on that, just on the on the um, on the Carrick thing. I mean, you know, I I don't think I don't think there's any Borough fans suggesting that that Carrick's position should be under threat at the moment. Um, you know, and, and certainly we're not hearing that it is or anything like that. But I do get the sense from the Borough fans that I kind of speak to and knock about with that there is a growing sense of frustration at pretty much what you've alluded to, that, you know, post-match, pre-match, whatever, everything in the garden's still rosy, everything's going to turn out all right, you know, upbeat, things, you know, we've got to take the positives, there's an awful lot that I like about the performances, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There surely comes a point where that has to change, doesn't there? Because aren't we now at the point where, for all that you can take positives, whatever, if results don't start improving soon, then that's just not going to wash, is it? And, and you know, like you say, there's not many things that fans like, uh, dislike more rather than thinking that, that a manager is seeing a different game entirely to the one they're watching. I think there's a balance there for Carrick because we know, we've talked about it at length, haven't we, through transfers, through 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 wins and defeats. We, we know that publicly Carrick is going to defend his players to, to the hilt. Yeah. He, yeah. He, he, that's not going to change. If that was going to change, it would have changed before now, wouldn't it? If, mm-hmm. if Carrick was going into self-defence mode, then that would have happened before now. So I, I think there has to be an acceptance that what Carrick says to us and what Carrick says in interviews and what Carrick says publicly isn't necessarily always going to tally with exactly what's been said before. Like you say, that there's also a point where fans need, need really, fans know what they see. Fans know that that first half at Hillsborough on Tuesday night was unacceptable. And if that hadn't have improved and Carrick had come out and, and talked about taking encouragement, then, then fans are going to find that hard to stomach, aren't they? So I think that's Mm -hmm. where Carrick has to be slightly cautious, really. Uh, you know, he talked today again and at length at his press conference about the fact he has 100% belief in his players, um, which, which again, isn't going to change. But he also said that, you know, he, he's seen a lot of good and in most games, um, in, in, in parts, Borough have been good and they should have got more wins. And yet I look back at the start of the season and think, really, the only truly encouraging performance so far was probably that Huddersfield Town yeah. game in the league. I think the cup games was have been bright, Huddersfield and Bolton, but on the whole, and I wrote this after Tuesday's game, I, I, I don't think there's any doubt of the fact that there's there's more to concern Carrick at the minute than to please him. Than to please him. And I think fans just want to know that the that the manager gets that, don't they? And, and like you say, Michael Carrick's not stupid. You know, he's been around the game for long enough. Deep down, he will know what isn't isn't acceptable and, and, and what you know what what he's what what actually there is there to build on and, and what is a worry. And and I'm I'm totally with you. I think behind closed doors, there'll be some soul searching going on that he's not wanting to do in public. Um, but I also think that there comes a time when you've you've got to play the game a little bit and 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 you know just make the fans see that you understand what they're going through and that look, you know, no, this isn't good enough. Um now obviously you know, the, the big hope is that we won't get to that situation on Saturday and the Borough will be turning a much improved performance. They'll beat Southampton and everyone can go home with a smile on their face. I think we're at the stage now, though, that if, that if it doesn't go to plan, there has to be a change of narrative because it just, it, you know, like you say, 
clinging on to 10 minutes in a game here and 15 minutes in a game there and coulda, shoulda, wouldas. It can't go on forever, can it? No, and, and Borough, you know, we touched on this last week, didn't we? You look at Borough, Borough's games that they've had. Sheffield Wednesday away, QPR at home, Huddersfield at home, Coventry before they had their, before they had their house in order. They, they, on paper, they could have had a they could have had a much tougher start. Yeah. Um, chances have come and gone. I think Southampton's going to be an interesting one because they're they're under pressure for different reasons, aren't they? They've lost three in a row. They they can't defend. They've conceded ten goals in the last three games. The pressure is clearly on Russell Martin there when you look at their squad. And it, I think it'll be an interest. You're there on Saturday, obviously, and I think it's going to be an yeah. interesting one because Southampton are going to have a lot of the ball. That's yeah. the way they play, aren't they? They're going to dominate yeah. possession. And, um, you know, fans will clearly go and stick with Borough. But if after 20 minutes, half an hour, Southampton are kind of passing it round them and dominating possession and that little bit of frustration sets in, I think the import- I think the first goal is more important than ever. And it, it's, Borough haven't led for a second this season. Borough have never been in front in a game this season. It's an amazing statistic, isn't it? Where are we now at the end of September? In the most simplistic terms possible, the hope is just getting in front. <laughs> yeah. Provide such a boost. Might change things, yeah. Especially in a home game. Um, and, and if that can come on Saturday, then, you know, it might be the type of game where maybe the expectation isn't as much for you to be yeah. in a team like Southampton, the favourites. It might be a type of game that actually plays into Borough's favour, but we'll see. It feels like an important game, but then we've said that for the last two or three weeks. Well, we, have. we have. So, you know, in terms of you know the big question, where, where's where's it going wrong? Where's it gone wrong? I mean, clearly one narrative is well, the new signings thus far haven't worked. They haven't been good enough. Now, there's a massive caveat here. These are you know predominantly young lads. Most of them have come from overseas, or at least a, a number of them have come from overseas. Um, it's their first taste of the championship. It's their first taste of life in England. You know, it, it's incredibly harsh to judge individual players a month, six, you know, a month and a half after they've come into a new club. I totally get that. As a whole, though, in terms of Borough's overall summer transfer business, I mean, there are worries there, aren't there? Engel's an obvious one who, you know, comes off at half-time at Hillsborough looking all at sea. Lots of laugh, you know, clearly he hasn't had, you know, he hasn't had a horse of chances, but he's had his run in the first team, hasn't really done it. All of a sudden, Josh Corburn, who looked like he was going to be out the door, uh, you know, and, and and heading anywhere kind of on loan at the end of last month. He's back in leading the line because Latalath's out of the firing line. Admittedly, O'Brien and Greenwood came in very, very late, so we haven't really had a chance to see them yet. Um, De Yang's probably the one who you can't really put much of a, of a kind of black mark against. But in terms of their business as a whole... You'd be struggling to give it high marks at the moment, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think it it's clearly far, far too early to say these players aren't good enough and these players aren't good I think you only have to look back to, to Jonathan Woodgate's time in charge when Borough brought in Anthony Dykesteel and Mark Bowler and, and both of them, particularly Bowler, yeah. looked so looked out of their depth bit, yeah. in the first half of the season. And at that stage, that there was no way you'd have predicted Bowler to go on and play as many games as he did as no. he did for Borough. I think it's difficult for for play, young players to come into a league that they maybe don't have prior experience of anyway, never mind when they're coming into a team 
that are struggling at the bottom of the table. So, so I think it's far too early to make kind of an overall call on the players. But but what I would say is I don't think they look ready to, yeah. to be to be kind of first key first team players so yeah. far. And the problem they have is not only are they coming in and, and going straight into the team, the likes of Engel and, and Morgan Rogers, who've played a fair bit, and Sammy Silvera, who I thought really struggled on Tuesday night. Not only are they coming in and playing, but they're being judged against Borough's best players from last season. From last season yeah. players, Ryan Giles, Tuber Akpom, Cameron Archer. Um, and and what's Carrick's alternative, really? I think, on the evidence of what we've seen so far, Hayden Coulson is a safer, better left-back than, than Lucas Engel. But then, you you know, are you, are you finding that balance of... of Playing him to get him, yeah, to, to, to try and get him in, yeah. Championship Silvera looks like more of an impact substitute, doesn't he, than a, than a, than a starter? Yeah, at the um, I mean, the Engel one's probably slightly different in that he's not a kid, and no, you know, I think there probably was a you know a, a justified expectation that he would have been able to slot in better than he probably has. Um, but you know, latter laugh coming in, you know, with, with the kind of background that he's had of, of his succession of loan moves, there was always a risk that one wasn't going to kind of work straight away. Silvera's obviously, you know, young, come from overseas. Vandenberg, young, very, very little experience. And as you rightly say, Borough have kind of known all the way through this summer that they were going to be replacing Cameron Archer almost certainly. Yes, they thought they were getting Giles back until right at the last minute. And then that didn't happen. Okay, Tuba went quite late in the window, but I think there was always a sense that that was a that was a, a, a move that was probably going to happen, and so you needed an option in place there. I mean, you know, was was signing so many young players a mass always going to be a risk when you're when you were losing, as you've rightly said, arguably your three best players from last season. Yeah, interestingly, Karen, because you, Karen, you were never just signing. Sorry, you were never just signing. Going to be signing squad players, were you? But we were always in a position this summer where they were going to need to sign players that could go into the first team. Yeah, and I think the fact that you know Lewis O'Brien and Sam Greenwood both arrived on loan in the in the last couple of days of the window, while while I think both have the potential to become good signings, especially O'Brien. Um, you know, I think the fact that. Borough did that in the last in the late stages of the window, having stressed really that they weren't going to prioritise the loan market. Shows that Borough knew they were short of of a couple of of a couple of those more senior players. Although I know Greenwood isn't senior in terms of age, but he has that bit more English yeah. game experience. Oh, yeah. Doesn't he? yeah, it was interesting because Carrick was asked today. I, I asked him at his press conference, "What you know? What what do you think the reasons are for Borough's slow start?" and Kind of didn't really answer it. Said there are many reasons, but said it can quickly tilt. You know, there's there's um, incidents in games that have maybe gone against us. But then he was asked separately about the players who left in in yeah. at the end of the season, and and he was keen to stress that he he doesn't think that you can you can purely hang it on that. Um, keen to stress, you know, he pointed out that Borough's form had dipped off at the end of last season, even when those players. Even when those players were here, yeah, which is a fair point. Although I guess part of the argument for that would be that that because he made the decision to change players and rest players and and change the team about in those last few games, and then the hangover kind of carried into playoffs. If you like, but I, I take your point. I mean, in terms of you know, for me, I think one of the key issues with this Borough side, and I've kind of we've talked about it on previous pods, and I've and I've worried about it all summer. Really, is oh. 
goals. Yeah. And and I I feel like we do an awful lot of this on this video. And I don't want to constantly compare Borough to Sunderland because it's a bit unfair. Um, you know, they're different clubs, they've got different issues, they're at different stages of their development, etc. But the reality is we cover both of them. So we see an awful lot of both of them. And they were two clubs that um both finished in the playoffs last season, both have done a fair bit of summer surgery. I look at that Sunderland team. And they they don't really have a, a natural centre forward still. They didn't sign a direct placement with Ross Stewart. But for me, it doesn't really matter because Jack Clark will get double figures of goals. Patrick Roberts will get double figures of goals. Joe Bellingham, who they've signed, looks like he'll get double figures of goals. Pierre Equer, the central midfielder who they plucked out of West Ham's academy, is injured at the minute. But if he stays fit over the course of the season, I could see getting into double figures. Dan Neal, I could potentially see getting... I can name you five midfielders there who maybe are going to chip in with 10 goals each. So if your striker's only scoring six, seven, eight, it doesn't really matter because you're nearly at 70 goals a season as a team anyway. The the, the key worry I have with Borough is that if Latalaf or Coburn doesn't score 15, 20 goals, how many of the, of the rest of the Borough team are going to score double figures? McGree, maybe... Hackney, maybe. Force, maybe. But I wouldn't be hugely confident about any of them. And, and beyond that, I think you're really struggling. So if Borough don't have a, a regular scoring centre-forward at the moment they don't, that's a worry for me because I don't see goals in the rest of the team in the way that I do at, say, a Sunderland. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And, and um, you know, you look at Latte Lath... Clearly, he's coming in as the centre forward, and, and 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 for all I think he has been, there's been encouraging signs from him. His his record tells you that he's he's not prolific. He's not going to be prolific, and I think we've seen from the chances he's missed in the first few weeks that that's that that's going to be the case as well. You are you are heavily relying on players like Crooks and Jones and Force and McGree to all chip in. But like you say, you know, if you look at their past, yeah, Crooks, Crooks has a good record. Force did well last year. But Jones, really, you'd look at Jones and say, well, he needs to add more goals to his game. You'd say the same yeah. with McGree. Hackney talked about that in the summer. House yeah. doesn't score goals. Yeah. We haven't seen enough of Greenwood yet to, to know what he's, what he's going to do. Um, and I think the other thing on that is, and, and I know we're going to talk about this, there was five changes on Tuesday night. I think there was four changes the game before that. Carrick is still clearly trying to find a winning formula. And whereas last year, you knew what the front four, or at least three of the front four was going to be. Sitting here now, I, I, I could say with no confidence whatsoever what I think the front four is going to be on Saturday, which tells you in itself, really, that none of them, are, yeah. none of them, are, you know, are undroppable. None of them are saying to Carrick, look, I, I have to play. Yeah. Well, we normally I, put a predicted lineup across the bottom and I bottled it today and we've got we've gone with Burroughs next five games simply for that reason that it it feels a little bit listen, we probably tell you know have a pretty decent guess at what the back four is, although he was going to start at left back is a, a burning issue. Um but you're right, further up the field, it, it does feel at the minute like it's really, really hard to second guess him, you know, primarily for the reason you've outlined that there's nobody that on their performances so far this season, you would say, has to start. Hackney probably. Um, but, but you know, and that tells a story, doesn't it? That, that you know, in terms of who plays where, but it, just in terms of whether they're in the team or not, Latter Lath, Coburn, 
McGree, Force, Silvera. Where does O'Brien fit in? Where does Greenwood fit in? We just don't know at the minute, do we? And, that, and that's, you know, and that's not a great position to be in. No, and, you know, you listed them there, but if you're going to go through them, I, I, you know, I, I think McGree, Borough look a better team when McGree's in the team. And I thought when he was replaced in the second half at Sheffield Wednesday on Tuesday, Borough lost some of the momentum that they had at the yeah. time. You would expect him to start on Saturday, but, but I might be wrong. But then if you go through the others, Crooks, two games in the number 10, hasn't really made a claim to stay there, so you'd expect him to come out. But yeah. does he try Greenwood there or does he bring Rodgers back in after a few weeks out? Force looks like he's injured, so he's likely to miss out. So you right. would think Jones is going to come in on the Jones right. Jones probably start down the right. After he made well. an impact on Tuesday. But then when he yeah. has started games, he hasn't had the same impact as when he's... Well, that's a fair point. That Really, since he came back into the team towards the back end of last season... All his best performances have been, like you say, really 20-minute cameos off the bench as opposed to starting for 90 minutes. He, you know, Borough could really do with him putting in a 90-minute display, couldn't they? And, and Coburn, you know, I thought Coburn made a nuisance of himself, really, on Tuesday night. But it, it wasn't a performance that, that made him that, that made him a nailed-on starter on Saturday. I, yeah. I would probably expect Laddie Laff to come back in. But again, we're... It's it, it's not clear, which I think tells you everything about a the fact the players, it's not really happening for him, and b clearly, Carrick doesn't know at the minute what his what his best team is. I mean, formation wise, do we do we are we at a point where we need to see something more fundamental change and just a little bit of tinkering here and there? For example, three centre halves and wing backs, or. Latterlap and Corburn up front as a genuine two. I mean, you know, both of them are things that Carrick has not really done at any stage and I, and I suspect is not going to. But, you know, are we heading towards a point where we're going to have to start thinking outside the box a bit? Well, there was a question today, I'm going to find it here, where he, where he, where he was talked about, where he was asked about whether the kind of team needs to evolve, really, whether the, the team needs to change and and he said I, I don't think different because it'd be kind of you know a different team I don't think different though there's a little bit about getting the foundations in and building that base and finding the confidence to build on so so I think mm. there's no suggestion that Carrick believes that kind of a real major structural change is going to happen I, right you know we talked about it with O'Brien didn't we when O'Brien comes in is yeah. that himself to a midfield three and yet he opted to, to choose to, to start him again uh, rather than Housen. Um so I, I don't think I'd be I'd be surprised I think if we if we saw that. I, saw that. The, I think Carrick Carrick's talking a lot. He did again today. He's talking a lot about confidence. Um and and it will be interesting as as kind of alluded to earlier the fact we haven't led in a game. It, it will be interesting when when the first win comes to see what impact that has actually whether, make yeah. whether whether Borough do kick on whether you know that is a bit of a springboard, not necessarily to go on a run like they did last year. I don't think anybody's thinking about that. It's just kind of the short term. But whether whether it just gives them a lift and, and maybe yeah. a bit more belief in what they're doing, because I think in the first half on Tuesday night, there was no conviction. There was no understanding between the front four. There was no conviction, especially going forward, until Jones came on and added, yeah. added that bit of urgency. What are we expecting from Southampton then? Because you were obviously at the game um, that they played at Sunderland earlier in the month when they got absolutely... Um, well, I say they got taken to the cleaners 5-0, and they did, although there were actually spells in that game where they, they were in it, wasn't there? And they, probably 5-0 was a bit harsh on them. 
Um, it was one of them kind of when it pretty much everything suddenly hit, found the net. But even so, they did get Wallop 5-0. Um, having previously before that started the season pretty well and, and looked like you thought they were going to look, which is a team largely comprised of Premier League players from last season. On paper, you know, they, they look pretty much as good as there is in the league. They haven't quite hit that kind of form yet. I mean, attacking when we were at that Sunderland game, Mowbray said afterwards that he got to the ground and was sat reading the match programme and was looking through Southampton's team list and thinking... While, while dipping into a pack of the Rebels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and looking at Southampton's team list and thinking, Christ almighty. Um, and, and it, you know, Shea Adams up front, Adam Armstrong, they've got Ross Stewart to come in. They've got, they've got mm. talent everywhere you look, haven't they? And yet... They conceded four goals at home in Norwich. They, they were chaotic against Sunderland. And then I watched them against Leicester on the Friday night, and it was the same there. Um, yeah. They've conceded 10 goals in the last three games. They clearly can't defend at the minute. Um, the problem Borough have is Borough can't really attack at the minute. Yeah. So it, it's, yeah. you know, um, yeah. get because up, you, would, you would imagine that even, even with that, Southampton look like they can only really play one way. They're going to come and, like you say, get on the front foot, look to take the game to Borough. And if they leave themselves wide open at the back, so be it. But their strengths are at the other end of the pitch. Now, like you say, you know, in an ideal scenario, that plays in the hands of a home team because they can pick them off in the final third. They'll get more space than they've, you know, certainly been getting in away matches, etc., etc. Can Borough take advantage of that is the big question. Do they have the players who can actually make that count in the final third, that's going to be the interesting thing at the weekend, I think. Yeah, because Sunderland scored from a counter-attack after, uh, I can't remember, after how it was seconds, wasn't it, in that game? Yeah. yeah. And, and Southampton had actually won a corner after 10 seconds or something like that. Yeah. And yet, you know, committed, were hit on the counter and just and just never recovered. Um, they were chaotic defensively. It feels like a big game for Russell Martin already, doesn't it? Because there was mm. clearly an expectation at Southampton, and yet we're maybe already seeing signs. There's teams every year where they, you kind of don't take into um, into effect just how much of an impact that relegation hangover has. You know, yeah. Borough those years back, Stoke City. There's yeah. teams every year in the Norwich and yeah. Watford last year. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it, it feels like a big game for both teams, obviously. And then and then you know if you can get a result there, you then go to Bradford in the mm-hmm. cup, which is an opportunity. For a win, clearly, and suddenly, you know, I know this isn't hung on the evidence of what we saw on Tuesday night, but the mood and the narrative can so quickly change, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. That's what needs to happen, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. I mean, it it, um, it feels it feels like a bigger game, I think, on Saturday just because Borough are back at home. Yeah. You know, you'll see you'll see what they can actually do at the Riverside, and then you'll also get the reaction of the home crowd to that, which, you know, is always the, the key driver in the kind of wider narrative of the mood around the football club, isn't it? You know, what what is going to be the reaction of that home crowd? And I think, um, I think, you know, like you say, I think it'll be massively supportive from the off. And I think it'll be even massively supportive if Borough, you know, do go behind and, and they're trying to battle their way back into it. But, um I think there's a sense that, you know, if this is another game that really doesn't go to plan, then there needs to be acknowledge- an acknowledgement that, look, at some point, something's got to fundamentally change here because, you know, at the moment, 
the games are just ticking by, aren't they? And and not only are the results not coming, but the performances aren't really improving either. I mean, how how are you feeling ahead of it? How confident would you be? I mean, I guess I haven't watched the first half at Sheffield, not very, but maybe after the second, a little bit better. Yeah. Um, I thought Borough would win at Blackburn and I was certain Borough would win at Sheffield Wednesday. Mm. Um, but Borough, defensively, Borough, there's, there's issues defensively, isn't there? And and I, and I just worry for all Southampton clearly have their own glaring issues at the back. I just worry about Borough's structure and defence against the Southampton team armed with such attacking talent. And just very quickly, that, that that's a, that, that's probably the biggest surprise, isn't it? If, if you'd said at the start of the season, Borough are going to struggle to score goals... And- you could look at at the, at the at the cast list and the fact that they were bringing in a new striker who was completely unproven, and the fact that Corburn was really the only backup, and say, "Yeah, do you know what? I can probably believe that." If you'd said at the start that we were going to be what nearly two months into the season and Borough's defence was, you know, pretty much going to be all over the place at times, I think you would have thought, "Well, if that's the case, they must have." all four centre-halves out and be having to play Johnny Housen at centre-half and be making him... It's not that at all, is it? You know, yes, OK, they've lost Tommy Smith and Dyke Steele and McNair at right-back is not necessarily an ideal fit. But, I mean, apart from that, this is Borough's defence, isn't, isn't it? Yeah, and I think the problem last year is that I don't think Borough were by any means rock-solid last season. Borough did concede soft goals last season. Michael Carrick was actually asked quite a bit, wasn't he? Although it wasn't mm-hmm. an issue, he was asked quite a bit, is is the lack of clean sheets a problem? Yeah. Now, it wasn't a problem because Borough were outscoring teams. They were putting yeah. three, four and five past teams on a regular basis. Now, they, they, they're not doing that. They're scoring one in a game, aren't they? The, the, Borough aren't going to outscore. Yeah. So, it's not like when Norwich came and Norwich were free-flowing and that game was wide open, wasn't it, when Borough won 5-1 on the Friday night or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and back then, you felt like Borough were fine to embrace the chaos and yet now, yeah. I, I don't think that's the case, is it? Because no. because if that is the case, you would you would back them to be outscored. Um, mm. So I, I think that that's, you know, for all, there is a lot... You, you, one of the one of the major reasons for the, for Borough's struggle is clearly because they've lost the best players. But because, when you're judging the players they've got now and the team they've got now, they, they have problems to be addressed at both ends of the pitch, don't they? And I yeah. think that's the biggest issue. I don't really know what the biggest, you know, what what's the more pressing issue: St- tighten up at the back or add add goals up front, or or if you just find a better balance to the team. To yeah, I think it's that. It, feel, it feels like it should be easier to improve things defensively because the players are there, if you yeah. know what I mean. I, yeah. I don't look at Borough's defence, or even the fact that, you know, Housen and Hackney in that midfield and think, well, that, 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 that you know, that, that group of players is just not good enough to be able to do the job at championship level. I look at the players at the other end of the field and in fairness, there's mitigation. It's very early for some of them. But I look at that group of players in attack and think, yeah, I think it's going to be hard to see how you suddenly turn that attack into a really, you know, an attack that's going to score three, four, five goals in a game. I look at the defence and think, as a unit, that should be capable of being more than competitive at championship level and being able to stop most championship teams. At the minute, that's just not happening. And, I, and I, you know, I... I don't think it's individually because aside from maybe Engel, who you know we don't want to keep 
kind of point the finger at. But aside from him, it's not like the defence individually has been committing howler after howler. And, 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 you know, you haven't looked at Fry and Lenahan and thought, well, they've been four out of ten every game this season. That hasn't been the case. It's just the balance of the team hasn't been right. And collectively, they've been far too easy to counter against and play against and, and pick holes through. Yeah, we made that exact point of the Fry and Lenahan when you, you know, doing the player ratings, which we both love, um, after a game. And, and when, when you're doing them, it gets to Fry and Lenahan. And you, you're looking, thinking, well, Borough have lost or not won, have conceded soft goals. And yeah, I don't think they've played particularly badly. Um, mm. That's where it just feels maybe structurally there are tweaks that need to be made. The visit of Southampton takes me back to when Borough were relegated and Brad Guzan was in goal. And yeah. he committed that foul outside the box, and yeah. both fans were chanting off, <laughs> off, oh, off, 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 off. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a strange old day. That what? That was a strange old day. Yeah, that really was. Um, yeah, that was. So, right, come on, then we've got to do it. I'm going to have to pin you down. You go first. Oh. <laughs> um, God. two two. 2-2. Two, two. And, and I say that because I don't think Borough will win. They, they, they really need to, but I, it's not a game that I go into thinking Borough, are, 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 you know, I kind of nailed on to win this. I, I, I think it'll be fair. I think it'll be open. I think it'll be open because that's how Southampton play. And I think the Borough's crowd will almost kind of demand that Borough get on the front foot here and give this a real goal. So... I think I think it'll be open. I think Borough will will create more chances than they have been doing simply by dint of the fact that Southampton will be committing so many men forward that I can see it being a bit of a basketball to and fro game. So yeah, I think for all that, as we've said, Borough do struggle to score goals and, and still look like they're going to struggle to score goals. I think this might be one where they do get chances. So um, I'll go two all. Yeah, I, you've talked me into a one-one. My my head was my head was nudging oh, towards two-one Southampton. Yeah, I do think Burrow yeah. score because of the because I, of what we because of what we discussed about Southampton's defence. Yeah. And I agree with you that I think there'll be a, a real push for Burrow to get on the front foot. For all fans clearly are frustrated. You know that the home supporters aren't going to be going there on Saturday to get on to get on Burrow. Oh, no, I think no, exactly. You know, there'll, there'll be there'll be a real show of support, and 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 I do think that'll press Borough on. Um, if if Borough can get the first goal, I think they'll win. My my fear is if they don't, if Southampton yeah. get their noses in front, where does that go then? Yeah, um, so I'll go one-one. <laughs> that's great, Spence sitting, isn't it? That's, yeah. that's wonderful for both of us. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, listen, we shall see. We shall see. Um, and we um, we will see with you at the start of next week. So thanks very much for watching. As I say, like, comment, subscribe, send us in any of your thoughts. Um, we love hearing them. We love reading them. We will um, we will endeavour to read more of them out on the show, to be honest. I keep forgetting to do that, but we will do that next time. Um, the plan is to be back at the start of next week to pick through the bones of the Southampton game and look ahead to Bradford in the Cup. So that will almost certainly mean uh, Monday or first thing Tuesday morning. Um, so watch out for that. But um, as I say, thanks for um, watching this time. And um, we'll see you after the Southampton game for another edition of You Are My Borough.